Yeah. directing the orchestra right now. It's a little quiet. It'll pick up. Just feel it, guys. Here we go. This thing really builds. Wait for it. Get it. trips right with Ralph and Dave so happy uh, you have made it to listen to us um, this week it is just gonna be Dave coming at you invading your ear holes polluting your ear holes with all kinds of fantasy football goodness and probably some random stuff sprinkled in um, since it's just gonna be me uh, that um, second tune uh, we probably played it once or twice before. It's uh, O Fortuna, um, popularized, maybe infamously, 
by Jackass. They played that in their opening montage. And maybe it was their first movie? I don't know. One of their movies. Um, it always uh, gets me pumped. Nice, slow build. Um, Ralph is not present. He is out gallivanting in bourbon country. Bachelor party. Lucky ducky. Hoping... Uh, he's able to sample some of the good stuff that that area's got to offer. Uh, pretty sure he's in Kentucky. Um, that's my guess. Uh, but irregardless where he is, he's really close to one of our super fans, Swill. And I messaged both of them at the exact same time that if I don't get a picture of the two of them together, I'm going to be very upset, very disappointed. We're going to have them in a podcast co-host timeout and a super fan timeout and if we do get that picture it might be the very first picture we'd be able to twat out in the twitterverse once we get that up and running so ralph uh rocking a bachelor party you guys are stuck with me to keep this podcast thing going gonna be rocking it solo dolo baby um still got the garage party going got the vibe um, I'm smoking a cigar, I'm drinking bourbon, I'm doing all the things. Uh, this evening I've got a La Gloria Cubana Esteli. Uh, it is delicious. Uh, that's the cigar. Bourbon is brought to you by Woodford Reserve, their double-oaked batch. And I just finished the bottle. Uh, it's in my cup right now. Uh, so we're going to bring you some, uh, some podcast shenanigans here. I hope you guys enjoy. I know I do. Gets me out of the house. Uh, hey, Dave, you may be asking, what's been going on? Well, I know we had, me and Ralph had teased uh, the Godsmack concert. Uh, that was this last Saturday night. It's Thursday today, uh, the 12th of May. So Saturday was Godsmack. Uh, Three Days Grace and Asking Alexandria opened for them, if you are familiar. Uh, and there were two smaller bands opening acts. As usual, they get the maybe a local band and a small up-and-coming band, and then medium band, a bigger band, and then the big band, uh, which was Godsmack. And I was able to meet up with Ralph and Claire, along with her sister and her sister's guy. I also ran into a few other people uh, that I knew. I just really can't go anywhere without running into somebody I know. Uh, I went with Waylon, my brother-in-law. We uh, have spoken uh, about him and his uh, fantasy football madness quite a few times. Also, my future brother-in-law, Matt, tagged along and a couple of the guys too. It was a really good group of guys, really chill, low drama, just the kind of guys I like to associate myself with. Uh, And as per usual, I was the oldest uh, by a couple of years, uh, but daddy can still hang. Um, did the usual pre-party shots and beers at Wayland's, got in a really smooth Suburban on Uber XL, take us to the Target Center, uh, home of our cursed uh, NBA T-Pops, uh, the Timberwolves. Um, and I will say, being the oldest, uh, everybody was complaining after we had a group chat, a group text going that they're bodies hurt, their head hurt. I was fine. So I'm not sure what their problem was, but I guess they just can't hang. Um, we had great seats. We were at second level. Um, there was nobody behind us. It was just a row of uh, folding chairs. So we actually 
were standing up most of the time, getting into it. And then we had folding chairs to fall back on once the old bodies uh, couldn't take it. And uh, it was typical rock show fair, lots of lights, some pyro, weed smoke, giving everybody a contact high. Um, we were even treated, guys, to a drunken dry hump fest by a couple to our right. And it got more R-rated as the night went on. It started with the guy you know, being grabby, but as the night progressed and the beers flowed, uh, we got full-on grinding and, and uh, R-rated. Uh, not a kid show with those two. Uh, and the guy kept trying to make eye contact with us like he was showing off. Uh, which added to the the creepy vibe. I'm pretty sure about nine months from now, there's a kid going to be born with the name Sully, which is the lead singer of Godsmack. Um, and speaking of kids, there were a lot of kids at this show. There was a, a, a parents with two kids, a uh, two rows uh, ahead of us. And this girl had to be 10, 11. She knew every Godsmack song, singing word for word. It was amazing. And that got me thinking... You know how I'm going to want to bring my boys to a show like this. and um, Yeah, it was great. And even the lead singer uh, of Godsmack, Sully, commented how many kids there were. So it was great uh, to have them all turn out. Uh, I never really was a big Asking Alexandria fan. You know, a couple of their tracks. Uh, Alone in a Room is their big one, I think. And they um, played that last as to be expected. They're really high energy. Got people amped up. Three Days Grace came up next. Uh, their lead singer, I don't know his name, but I think he's the second in the band's history. Uh, he has a great scream, uh, definitely on point. And they played all their hits. I Hate Everything About You, Riot, Not Too Late, Animal I Become, The Mountain, Painkiller. Uh, really standard stuff there. And they did their typical shout-outs of all the bands that came before them and hyping up the whole place uh, for the headliner of Godsmack. And one thing I noticed, too, is um, the uh, time between bands getting set up was really short. Definitely appreciate that. I've been to some shows where it you know, takes a good half hour, 45 minutes to get everything changed over. You know, bands like Disturbed or Slipknot who have you know, a lot of stuff going on with their stage. Uh, or Tool, you know, with Maynard, but that's because he's more eccentric. Uh, but these guys were on it. They kept it moving, and it was uh, really greatly appreciated. Um, this was my fourth time seeing Godsmack. You know, they did the usual pandering to the fans, best fans ever, always coming to, or always love coming to, you know, insert name of city here. Uh, if you guys sing along on this, you know, Sully the lead singer will tell Boston fans where they're from that Minneapolis sing it better, you know, that type of stuff. And uh, Sully's got a, a wicked awesome uh, Boston accent. And uh, yeah. And two of the three shows I've seen, um, they busted out a second drum set for Sully to hop on and have a little drum off with their drummer. Um, and I was really bummed it would happen. Me and a couple of guys were talking how uh, that's one of the highlights we were hoping to see. Uh, didn't happen. Uh, but he did come up with a piano. Uh, they pimped. They have a charity called the Scars Foundation and busted out a rendition of Under Your Scars. Uh, but a drum set does not a piano make, unfortunately. And they also didn't play one of my favorite songs, Whiskey Hangover. Um, but I can't, uh, I can't fault them. They were good. High energy show. Uh, and they always love to end their show with a cover 
Um, they've been known to do like Highway to Hell, Rocky Mountain Way by Joe Walsh, Schools Out by Alice Cooper. This time they did Come Together by the Beatles and they God-smacked-ified it. That's what I call it. You always got to put your own spin on a, on a cover, right? Put your own little twang on it. Uh, pause for a cigar hit. Uh, after the show, we uh, hit up a club uh, bar called Sneaky Pete's, which is attached to a strip club. So with a $5 cover charge at Sneaky Pete's, we were able to get into the neighboring strip club uh, Dream Girls for free. But uh, no fun strip club stories this time around. We didn't make it in. Plus, it's a kid's show. I mean, I can't even swear on here. So, uh, And then the next day, Sunday, was Mom's Day, so we all had to be on our best behavior. I definitely wasn't the oldest one there. They had two stripper poles, all the drunk randoms dancing on it. I told a random guy I'd give him 10 bucks if he licked the pole, um, but he unfortunately declined. Uh, next day was Mother's Day. That was a success. Uh, the boys got Molly AirPods she wanted uh, and a world's best mom balloon. And we hit him on uncles for a, a pretty chill hot dog and um, burger fest. It was pretty good. Um, next day, Monday, we had a really, this whole week has been just a rash of storms. Uh, Monday was bad. Wednesday, we even had one blow through today on Thursday. Uh, but I think Monday was the worst. We had lots of rain, strong winds, hail, ports of tornado. Um, and that happened actually during the day. And while I'm at work, Molly sends me a picture of our backyard and two sections of our fence had blown over. Um, so I guess we got to leave work early and deal with it. Me, I can now add fence maintenance uh, to res my resume. And, you know, having two dogs, it helps to have a fully fenced-in backyard. So I get home, kind of wait for the rain to stop to investigate. I had the boys assist me you know, as much as they could. Uh, and as I was trying to work on it, uh, my neighbor, who I share the fence with, he had come out. And he was wearing a suit, and he wanted to help me wearing a suit. And he just got back from work. And I'm like, listen... You go in and change, you know, this will still be down when you come back. But he insisted, you know, just wanted to help me out, get this thing done. Um, so as we are finishing up, I just asked him what he did because he wore a suit. Um, and by the way, story time here. This is kind of a crazy story. Um, so he tells me he's a funeral director. And I'm like, oh, really? Well, my wife Molly, she's a pastor and she freelances for funeral homes when... You know, the families don't have a church, whatever. So he asked me what church. I told him, and he told me that he only did one funeral for that church years ago, and he will never forget it because what happened, and it wasn't at the actual funeral, it was at the burial. And uh, so I'm starting to get goosebumps here because um, I kind of know where this is going. And I asked him, I said, was it because of the coffin that fell and, and kind of shifted? And he's like, yeah. And then he, uh, he said my cousin's name, Mandy. So uh, that was actually my cousin's funeral, Mandy. She had died unexpectedly um, back in 2012. She was uh, maybe a, a year or two older than me. Um, and Kevin, my neighbor, who helped me rebuild the fence, was the funeral director for her cemetery. And it was chaos because uh, the crossbar holding one end of the coffin or casket had snapped 
And so the coffin kind of fell and shifted a little bit. And it was, you know, 20 minutes of just chaos. You know, my aunt and uncle had to be consoled. Uh, my brother, me and my cousin, we all tried to, you know, rally people to help us to get it, uh, you know, back to normal. Uh, definitely, you know, something I would never forget. Um, and he even remembered my aunt and uncle's name, my grandpa's name. Um, and I mean, he was just as, as awestruck as I was about that. And um, so we finally got the fence back up, but now I can't get to my side. So I jokingly said, you know, you're going to have to give me a boost. But he's like, I'll just drive you around. Um, so drove me around and I said, hey, Molly's home. You know, do you want to go talk to her? And so we went in the door and I told her we got a blast from the past. And she walks down the stairs and she sees him and sits down and she's like, Kevin? So she remembered him and then we rehashed it all again. And, you know, the next time my uncle over, because they're over all the time. Um, so we even called them and, and told them about it. Um, so really super crazy, you know, small world type of thing uh, that I just wanted to share because I got a little bit of filler time because uh, not much is really happening <laughs> with, you know, training camp coming up, draft is over. Um, so, but uh, how about we just get into some stuff, eh? Uh, just talk about some random things going on. A um, couple news and notes, if you will. Um, one of the big news makers, Tom Brady, uh, that was announced. Once he finally retires and finally calls it quits, uh, he will have a long-term agreement with Fox Sports as their lead analyst. He'll call the biggest games. He'll serve as ambassador. Um and he will already step into one of the richest deals. So he'll earn 20 to 25 mil a year as number one analyst for Fox, already surpassing both Aikman and Romo. Uh, and get this, so his career earnings, you know, so far, 330 million, roughly. The deal with Fox will be for 375 million. And, uh, Fox had initially paid over about $400 million a year just for their entire NFC package. So Brady will bring in nearly as that much in a decade. Um, just crazy. You know, you think of all the, the analysts out there who do such great work, and, and then Tom Brady swoops in, and everybody gets knocked down a peg now. So um, pretty crazy. Uh, Ravens will sign former Falcons Panther Mike Davis. Uh, hoping that uh, he'll have a little bit of insurance in case they keep getting hurt. If you're a Ravens running back, you can pretty much expect to get hurt. Uh, Sonny Michelle uh, will join the Dolphins in a crowded backfield. Um, he came on with the Rams with Akers getting hurt, so that should be uh, interesting. And then, guys, what was your favorite Ladarius Mack memory? Um, not sure if anyone knows Ladarius Mack, unless you're a Bears fan or a Khalil Mack fan. He's actually Khalil Mack's little brother. Um, he's a defensive end, went to College of Buffalo, signed as an undrafted free agent, 2020 draft. He played in three games last year, and he amassed three total tackles. 
Bum, 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 bum. Chiefs uh, rookie Justin Ross told reporters he feels good and ready to prove everyone wrong after he went undrafted. He chose Kansas City, obviously, because of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Really can't blame him there. Uh, since Aaron Rodgers became the Packers starting quarterback, the rookie wide receiver with the most yards in the first season was 2018 fifth rounder MVS Marquez Valdez Scandling. He had uh, 33 catches for 581 yards, two touchdowns. Devontae Adams had the most touchdowns and tied for receptions. He had three touchdowns. Um, I also heard this is very interesting. If this would have happened, this would have changed the entire landscape of the AFC. Um, the Bills reached out to Carolina about Christian McCaffrey. And they were told he wasn't available. Just think, if they would have said the right thing, gave the right package, and, and McCaffrey would have went to the Bills, and they get 10, 11 games out of him, that would have been amazing. You know, rest him up for the playoffs. Holy cow. But alas, it did not happen. It would have been fun, though. Um, little flashback, week one of the 2009 season, it was a loss to the Falcons. Dolphins tight end Anthony Fasano had a rough game. He fumbled twice on two catches, lost both his fumbles. Here's the odd part, guys. Fasano played in 180 career games. In the other 179, never lost a fumble. Wonder what was up his butt that day, hey? Um, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Hollywood Brown are entering their fourth year and are just 24 years old. Justin Jefferson is entering year three, and he's 22 years old. The Bears drafted wide receiver Velas Jones on day two of the draft, and he turned 25 years old this week. Uh, so it just goes to show you that uh, everybody has a different path for making it into the NFL. He's, so he's a, an old rookie. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars, they made the playoffs more times in their first five years since they were created four from 95 to 99 than they have their last 22 years, which was three appearances. Um, and just their second year as a team, if you remember, the Jags made it to the AFC Championship game. And then year five, they went 14 and two. So that franchise started off so promising, but they've tanked, just tanked. Uh, and Kevon Thibodeau of the um, Giants Wanted number five uh, from Graham Gano. It cost him 50 Gs, but it was all donated to puppies behind bars, which uh, trained service dogs for wounded war vets and first responders. So that's pretty cool to see. Uh, another crazy thing I saw, um, the Commodore's rookie, Washington, Sam Howell. He says he only eats chicken. He's never tried a burger or a steak. He won't eat seafood. He orders chicken tenders at steakhouses and brings his own tenders to team dinners. You guys, uh, you guys smell that? I smell a KFC sponsorship coming for this kid. Um, the uh, the schedule for the NFL was just released today, Thursday, and when did it become an event for the release of the NFL schedule? There's people that are, you know, getting leaks and. You know, all the big games are, are being announced, and it's a huge deal that they're announcing 
the uh, schedule for league. I just never realized it was such a big deal and people are going crazy trying to break it first. Um, so maybe me and Ralph will go through it next week if we got nothing else. But here's some key dates for the 2022 season. August 4th, Hall of Fame game, the Jags and Raiders. Uh, and then Thursday, September 8th is the NFL season opener. Sunday, 8th of January, 2023 is the final day of the regular season. Uh, and then the Super Bowl will be February 12th, 23, at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Um, and then uh, the Bears also added, oof, are you guys sitting down? Uh, they've beefed up their wide receiver room. They went and signed Dante Pettis and Tajay Sharp to one deal, one year deal each. My goodness. The Bears, they're coming. They come in. Uh, and then news uh, just broke <clears throat> today about Jerry Judy. <clears throat> he was arrested by Arapahoe uh, County Sheriff deputies. Uh, he was being held at Arapahoe County Jail on charges of second-degree criminal tampering with a domestic violence enhancer, which is a misdemeanor. So basically, he uh, I think I saw it's about his relationship to the victim or something. But either way, um, I was wondering why there were some Judy trades that happened. Um, yeah, like within 10 minutes, there were a ton of... Uh, of Judy trades that had gone through and I was trying to figure out why that was happening and then it came out. So go figure. Um, yeah, so that's really all I have for, uh, for news and notes. Um, one of the things I've noticed too is this is the uh, time of year when leagues are trying to fill orphan teams. Uh, you know, owners leave, uh, what, for all different reasons. They got to save money. They're in too many leagues. Their team sucks. They're not getting good trade offers. There's literally a myriad of reasons people leave. And then there's even different times when they decide to leave. Some leave right away when the league's renewed, uh, which is preferable if you're a, a commissioner. You know, they give their piece out, wish everyone luck, easy peasy. Um, some just leave randomly. No announcement, just poof. They gone. Um... You know, those people never usually were really active anyways, so really no loss there. I actually just had a guy left because he wanted to change some scoring um, settings, but no one agreed with him, so he just took his ball and went home. Tell you what, you go start your own league, Jack. We don't want your negativity in that league. And by the way, the settings were fine. He just wanted it to just to be a jerk. I don't know what his reasoning was. Um then I had another league where two guys uh, had a bit of beef. They were trying to find a draft time. It, they were arguing over draft time and semantics with a poll. Um, and I actually left that league um, just because it was really getting really petty and annoying. Plus, I had a crappy team. So there you have it. Um, also, the other day, I heard a, a new acronym. I love acronyms. I use them all the time. Um, some of my favorite acronyms are Dilligaff. If you need me to tell you that one, I will. Uh, D-I-L-L-I-G-A-F, Dilligaff, I can't say it. Why do I look like I give uh, F is basically what it is. Love that one. Uh, S-T-F-U, L-O-L, Radom, 
Rage Against the Machine. Um, some sports-related ones. There's Jag. He's just a guy. Jag. I think we, uh, yeah, we coined that one. We're still waiting on making the t-shirts on that one. And then Fig Jam is another one I love. Uh, that stands for F I'm Good, Just Ask Me. Uh, but the new one I heard, I was listening to NFL Radio and XM other day, uh, Channel 88. I love listening to those guys. It was on the opening drive with Solomon Wilcots and David Deal uh, in the morning on my way to work. Uh, Wilcots is a former D-back. I played six seasons with the Bengals, Vikings, and Steelers. Uh, now makes his hay as a broadcaster and analyst. And David Deal is a Super Bowl-winning offensive tackle. He played his whole career with the Giants, and they beat up on the Pats to get his ring. Um, so I was driving to work, kind of in and out of what they were saying, and they were talking about mobile quarterbacks and how some just run around until they can make something happen. And he called them a Fargo quarterback, F-A-R-G-O. Uh, it stands for F around till someone gets open. Uh, I like to think that in pickup games, I'd be – a Fargo quarterback. Uh, so that was the first time I, I used that one. And uh, I think I might keep using it. Got to identify who some Fargo uh, quarterbacks are. A little puff of the <sighs> cigar. Man, it's such a relaxing night. We had that storm roll through tonight again, and it's just been super calm. No wind. The fence stayed up, by the way, through yesterday's storm and today's brief wind gusts. So me and Kevin did a pretty good job of putting that fence back up. Um, pause for effect with bourbon. Here's what I want to do next. I want to take you guys through a little visualization activity. Um, close your eyes. Get your imagination going. Imagine if you will. Okay. You are in a league where one or two owners are only trading with one other owner. All right, so owner A trades with B and owner C. But owners B and C don't really trade with anyone else and they're not really even active too much. But owner A will make attempts to trade with owners D through whatever, right? Now these trades, they all three, with the three, they kind of feel off, but nothing egregious kind of tap dance along the lines of collusion, but not enough to warrant a full-on investigation or putting up a bunch of polls like some people like to do or going to Reddit or Facebook and saying, can you believe this trade they just have in my league? I'm wondering if uh, you guys are kind of seeing where this is going, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. What if I told you that owners A, B, and C were all the same person, just using different usernames in Sleeper and different email addresses uh, in league safe to keep the charade going. It's a real thing. It happened in real life and the guy got busted. Um, so enter Micmac2, M-I-C-M-A-C-2, J-God, and L-Saker, or I-Saker, I'm not sure. Um, so Micmac2 is the main account. And uh, what he did is he took over a lot of orphans in the same league and he traded all win now pieces to one team and then rebuilding with the others. 
So as you're listening to this, you might think back to all your leagues and see if the name Micmac 2 rings a bell because you probably see one of the other two also. Um, it was found out that Micmac 2 was in 185 leagues. I, I'm pausing again for effect. 100, I'm sorry, did I say 185 leagues? Yeah. Um, so there's a website you can go to called dynastyranker.com. It, it, you can enter in your username and it actually spits out all, uh, all the leagues you're in on Sleeper, which is pretty cool. And I tried doing it for these three, but um, it didn't show up. But um, according to dynastyranker.com, Saker is in 31 total leagues. Of those 31, Micmac or J-God is in every one of them. Um, and then there's leagues where Micmac 2 and J-God are together. Um, so Micmac 2 is in 185 and J-God is in 83 leagues. So someone actually had a deep dive. They use an Excel spreadsheet to conditional format duplicates. And um, yeah, just think about that. If you're in 185 leagues with one, 31 with another, and 83 with another, and you're footing the bill for all those, That's that can get pretty spendy. Um, and then uh, Dynasty Ranker, it's actually a pretty badass website. You put it in the username, spits out all the sleeper leagues you're in. You can even click on that league, and it'll analyze each league as to who has the best you know, draft capital, ranks teams by position, um, it's a pretty great way to see how you stack up with everyone in your league. I actually had a pretty fun time going through it and comparing some of my teams. And I'll probably end with that too. Um, just a little deep dive. So it's, it was great to see how my teams stacked up with the metrics that they have. Um, you know, you think you've got a good team until, you know, it spells it out for you. Uh, but back to Micmac too. So the jig was up when... Um, he took over an orphan before anybody from a certain league tried to find a replacement. But then he paid on league safe using the same name and email as one of his other teams. Um, so he was already in there as Micmac 2, and they tried to pay with that one for another team. So um, they called him out, and uh, after a few rounds of questioning, he actually fessed up to it, and the rest is history. Um, I'm on a few Reddit threads, and three accounts they just spread like wildfire so eventually sleeper uh gave a good chunk of his teams the boot and the leagues were left to fill a spot uh, and then the debate was raging you know do you refund him um some guy was saying how he uh he would totally refund the money you know just not gonna be that guy but most people were saying no he did this he's not getting his money back um so then I thought of me and Ralph, you know, we had leagues, 30 plus leagues. I've drastically cut down now, but you know, this guy had his beat combined over threefold. I mean, if you think a minimum of 10 bucks average league buying, he's shelling out about 2K a year. Um, and that was just for his main account, not really counting the other two. And I'm guessing, you know, that he'd probably won this way a couple of times uh, because if you start getting in these leagues and it's just not working, you're not winning, um, you're not going to keep going unless you're really friggin' stubborn. 
Um, so I got to think he um, probably succeeded right away and had won some leagues. And, uh, you know, who knows how long it's been going on. So this guy probably could have made um, some really good money. And, it, you know, it gets me thinking that it there can't just be one guy, this Micmac, who's thought of this. There's got to be some leagues out there where, um, you know, where guys have multiple teams and then they trade with only that team just to make their team better. I mean, if you do it right, if you have one main team and you've got two feeder teams, and if you pick the right days, you know, with buys and you make the right trades, I mean, that's, yeah, that's something to think about. That's pretty crazy. I would never do it. I barely have time for my teams. There's no way in the hell I can keep track of. I got my big Dave Dizzle league, and then I got my, you know, fart sniffer league or my cigar sniff or whatever so but then I got curious uh, what all my teams look like on sleeper so I hopped on a dynasty ranker um, you guys know I love my Excel spreadsheet so I popped everything in um, so now at the time of recording this I'm on 12 leagues on sleeper um, down a lot from last year of those 12 ones a guillotine league it's a redraft uh, so that one isn't going to count um, so 11 are, are Dynasty, a couple Debbie, a couple IDP, but they actually don't do IDP on uh, Dynasty Ranker. Uh, so every player gets a numerical value, obviously, based on how good they are. Um, early, mid, late 2022 picks get a value, uh, 2023 picks, and, and so on uh, get value as well. So they rank the top quarterbacks, top running backs, wide receiver, tight end, and also draft capital. So, you know, it gets kind of skewed. So if you've got a crummy team, uh, but you've got a ton of draft picks and draft capital, that'll actually boost up your ranking on uh, on Dynasty Ranker. Um, so I, uh, like just for an example, like in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, last year, I finished last. I got the first overall pick. I had what seven of the first, uh, seven of the first round picks of ten, and I had eighteen overall. And I uh, went crazy heavy with rookie wide receivers, obviously. And I still had draft capital for the next years, and they ranked me first in both. So I was first in wide receiver and, and first in in draft capital. Um, in five of my leagues, I've got the worst ranked running backs and, uh, my tight ends are ranked from like second through seventh. Um, so pretty, uh, pretty steady there at running back. Um, but yeah, it's crazy in league of extraordinary gentlemen, I'm first out of 10 based off of my wide receivers and my draft capital. Um, so Barry Crimson, I'm coming for you, buddy. And then also in my Corona League, we've talked about that a few times, I'm first, my quarterbacks are ranked first and my draft capital is first as well. And then I've got another league where I'm first in draft capital. Um, and my uh, Frozen team, I'm third. So my QB seven, running back two, wide receiver three, tight end three, or tight end five, and draft capital five. So take a, take a gander if you're ever curious. If you haven't heard about it or if you have, and uh, you just want to take a look and see where you stack up. 
Um, I mean, that's really all that I got, guys. It's gonna, it's, uh, it's a short one this week. Not too much to go over. Um, I had uh, some trades uh, that I'd thrown out. Haven't really heard back on. A couple things I'm trying to do in Frozen. I'm trying to unseat Ralph and uh, give Kurt a run for his money as well. So I'm, I'm working on some stuff and things in, in that aspect. So hopefully uh, next week I'll have more uh, to report on. Um, but there you go. That's really all that you get. Um, I'm going to cue up the music, cue up some rage, and um, there we go. Uh, so on behalf of Ralph, Ralph, hope you're having fun out in uh, Kentucky, tasting all that awesome bourbon. Um, Swill, hopefully you guys got together and, uh, and whooped it up there in bourbon land. Um, so for Trips Right with Ralph and Dave, I'm still Dave. Next week we'll come back in full force. And uh, as always, you know the drill. We'll try to do so much better next time. Later, Gators.